Hi, this is Be Play Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. Arlo, my son, loves to be outside, especially now that it's summer and he can be outside for longer hours. But what happens when he gets bitten by some kind of insect in the backyard? The other day he came in from outside. I'd been with him outside. But when he came over to me after he'd been playing, he had these big welts on his arm. I had no idea how he'd got them, whether it was from some grass that he was playing with, had something bitten him, was it a reaction? Summer is the time to be outside. But in Australia, that outside is shared with lots of things that can bite and sting. So what can we do to protect our kids and treat them if they do get bitten? Mark Nethercote is a paediatrician and author based in Ballarat. Hi, Mark. How are you? G'day, Siobhan. How are you going? Good. So what are some of the most common stings or bites that you see in summer? Uh, we see lots of different things. It's, I, I listened to that story that you said about Arlo, and I wonder how many different things went through your mind about what it could have been. <laughs> the, the problem is that it can be, you can get, you can break it up into categories as always, insect bites, uh, you know, if we if it wasn't in that situation in your backyard, you know, you can get sea creature bites, you can get snake bites, you can get spider bites. I guess they're the four kind of large areas in which we can see different types of bites and each of those, there's lots of different ones. So being outside where you were, you know, bees, wasps, ants or mosquitoes are probably the four things that it's most likely to have been. And those bull ants, you know, I'd forgotten, but I was yeah. at a wedding and I got bitten by a bull ant on my foot yes. and yeah. I almost cried. It was yeah. so painful. Yeah, they sting. They and, really and sting. Even, even more than that, the concerning thing is uh, anaphylaxis, which we've, we've talked about allergy before on this program, uh, and an increasing number of people will have not only that immediate reaction to a bite where you get a little bit of inflammation. I say a little bit because I'm sure it's done, but <laughs> compared to someone who's going to have an overreaction of their immune system where they go into anaphylaxis, mm. so, you know, 3% of the population will have anaphylaxis to bees um, and a smaller number to wasps or to, a, to the Australian jack jumper ants. So uh, yes, they can absolutely hurt, but they can also potentially be more dangerous than that. And do children react um, because of their size? Do they generally react uh, in a more severe way to bites and stings? Because I'm just thinking of um, my nephew. Whenever he gets bitten by a mosquito, yep. his bites are enormous and they look quite painful. I have seen that in babies as well. Do children respond to this? Is their skin more sensitive and and is that all parents need to think when they see those mozzie bites? I mean, what can you do about that? I think what you may be seeing is what we're seeing with allergies throughout Australia, which is that the reactions that people are having are getting more severe. Um, so I don't think we saw quite the same sized reactions to mosquito bites uh, when I was a kid that we do today. I don't actually know. I don't have any data on that, but that's my feeling for it. Um, because we know that allergy and an over-hyped immune system is something that we're seeing more and more. As for what you can do about it, I mean, it's interesting because whenever we see 
you know, a big red welt on our kid's skin, we often worry about it far more than our child does. And probably a reasonable rule of thumb would be if your child is not worried by it, then you probably don't need to be worried about it. Mm, and so what about, I really want to know, though, is calamine lotion, has it ever been, is it still the fix-all for anything itchy or is it uh, pretty, more placebo? No, no, no. Oh, look, the problem, a little adage that I have is the more things you can find on a chemist counter for a certain problem, the less likely it is to work. So, you know, if you've got a headache, you take Panadol. You know, if you've got colic, you can get about 20 different formulas because none of them actually work. So, <laughs> so if you look up what they say you should do for um, a tick bite, well, that's after you've got the, the, the tick out. But um, uh, if you're talking about uh, sand flies, for example, um, there's not a lot you can do for that. But calamine lotion is still there on the, on the list, as well as, you know, we used to put Savalon or antiseptic cream on just about everything, yes. as well as you know, Mercurochrome. We don't use Mercurochrome anymore, but uh, there are certain things that never quite go out of Fashion. out of vogue. Calamine <laughs> lotion is one of those things. Well, is it is it at all um, calming that that red raw kind of you know? Is it is it putting something cool on bites like that? Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, if you've got any sort of bite, then ice is always a good thing. Ice is, is not bad for anything, really. Um, ice decreases inflammation. That's why we use it if you sprain your ankle. Uh, but if you've got an, a bite, then that's an area of inflammation. And so it, it helps to wind down the immune system if you've got ice on something. Antiseptic cream, pawpaw paw cream is great. We use pawpaw cream a lot for itchiness. Um, calamine lotion, oh, I don't know what it is about calamine lotion. It does... T- seem to take some of the itch out of the skin. I don't know whether it's just because once it's all over the entire body, it makes it harder for a kid to scratch. I don't know what it is. Tea tree oil, I mean, there's a lot of different kind of natural remedies that are still used, um, as well as, you know, uh, bandaging up kids' fingers so that they're not scratching quite so much. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I hadn't heard of that. That sounds like a fabulous idea. Oh, we do it. We do it in babies. So if babies have got really bad eczema, and they just scratch and scratch till they bleed. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, you cut their nails short, but you can you can bandage hands. Mm. We do that particularly in kids who've got eczema so bad that they've been admitted to hospital for a period of time. Mark, let's move on to the beach for a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, you just mentioned sand flies. What about things in the water like blue bottles or jellyfish? Do you have any thoughts on how to treat those sorts of stings? Yeah, look, this is a bit of a vexed area because it depends on what sort of jellyfish we're talking about the the two different types that are the most concerning and this is in tropical australia so this is far up north far away from where i live um are the box jellyfish and the irukandji jellyfish they're both uh potentially deadly um it makes us sound like we're saying don't go outside that's not the (laughs) message we're giving you know we live in a in a land where we should be outside but we do need to be aware that uh there are potentially dangerous animals around uh, so if you're talking about in that tropical area and you get a sudden massive amount of pain in your leg potentially uh, and you don't see what's got you, then vinegar is still what's treated because vinegar helps to stop the, the um, poison that's released um, and can potentially be life-saving. When we're talking about blue bottles, which is they happen the entire way around the Australian coast, so... Uh, if you're in subtropical Australia, then 
believe it or not, you don't use vinegar anymore because that can actually uh, make it discharge further. It can make Ooh, it worse. Goodness, you want to make sure yeah. you know the difference there. So, well, <laughs> the, but the thing they say is uh, if you're in tropical parts and you're stung on the leg and you don't know what it is, put vinegar on it. If it's a blue bottle, it will hurt more, but it won't kill you. Um, oh, I see. If it's a box jellyfish, then it could potentially save your life. How do you get blue bottles off? Because, you know, you see their tentacles on some yeah. poor child or person and it just looks like they are wrapped around. And Yep. Then... You're supposed to pick them off carefully with your fingers. Once, So uh, when a blue, box, sorry, a blue bottle uh, stings you, it, it sends little... I don't know what the word is, little things in through your skin that mm. then catch. So once that's happened, um, it can't discharge again. So doing it with your finger after it's wrapped around is supposedly safe. I don't know that I'd be overly comfortable doing it myself. Um, but, that yeah, you just gradually peel it away. But the thing to do, I said, didn't tell you what to do with blue bottles, is basically under warm water. So you just, <laughs> I don't know. Don't know if you're at the beach quite where you're going to go to get a hot shower. Um, That's right. <laughs> but you're supposed to go under hot water and do that to as high a temperature as you can tolerate uh, for as long as possible, up, uh, up to 20 minutes. Be racing home in the car, it sounds That's like. That's right, yeah. And, um, okay, so we've gone to the ocean. Let's head back to the backyard. Let's head back to poor little Arlo who comes sure. toddling in with his hands all inflamed. Yep. What if um, your child looks like they've been stung so you can actually see it's a sting or a bite yep. but you don't know what it was um what it, like it could have been a spider so i know that arlo was playing in this area and i heard my husband say stay away from that and it was a redback spider right um now we're always watching our kids but they can be quick kids <laughs> and yep. so can spiders so what do you do if you think they've been bitten by something but you don't know what it's been what what actually it was. Yeah, I guess the first thing to do would be to look closely and see whether you can see any incision marks. So if you see two of them, uh, then that could concern you for either a snake bite or a spider bite. Uh, as I said before, common sense is, you know, all parents have common sense. And if your child does not, like, does not look like they're hugely distressed, then that is a reassuring sign. Uh, when we're talking, so we're kind of talking about spiders and snakes as being your biggest fear of what it could have been, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah, so uh, 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 snake bites are very painful. Spider bites are very painful. So both of them, your kid will not stop screaming. That's the first step. Right. Uh, but if you saw something that you were concerned about, um, then seek medical help. You know, don't don't be overly brave about it. I think you've just got to still be still have common sense. And if you're concerned enough that you're worried that it could be a spider or a snake bite, then the idea is to immobilise the joint and use a compression bandage um, and get to to medical help as soon as possible. If you think it's a, a snake bite, then don't wash the area because they can sometimes get samples of the venom. Uh, to then try and typify it because part of the problem in Australia is there are around about 100 venomous snakes. So <laughs> so trying to typify which, which type they are. You know, there's antivenoms that work across a large number of snakes, but they also have more side effects if, you, if you've got a mixed antivenom. 
Right. And so, so when can, you're compressing, are you holding the arm up? Is that the idea? Uh, so you lower the arm. You lower the Well, I'm glad I asked yeah. that question. <laughs> so you lower the arm for spiders. They don't specify quite so much for snakes. But keep the arm down, immobilise it. If you can get a splint, use that. But it's about wrapping um, from where you think the incision site is down. So along the arm towards the fingers. Right. Because if you do it from the fingers up, then you're potentially squeezing further venom back towards the heart. Right. Where it will pump it further. Crikey. But it, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the venoms that, that snakes have, they cause an overwhelming reaction in the body. You know, they can cause paralysis of the muscles. They can cause a whole bunch of different symptoms that you would be very clearly seeing my child is not acting normally. Mm. And you can also get anaphylaxis from any snake or spider bite. So that would be your child having difficulty breathing, potentially breaking out in a a large number of hives all over their body. You know, so if your child... I think a rule of thumb is if your child is acting oddly, as in it looks like something is happening in their body that shouldn't be happening, then I'd be getting to medical attention very quickly or calling triple zero. But if if your child looks okay with it... um, I guess Redbacks is, is the one that's a little bit difficult because uh, the venom with Redbacks can act slowly, as in over hours rather than minutes. But, yeah, if you're worried, just uh, call triple zero. Yeah, and also I suppose that compression bandage isn't going to hurt them no. if you're not sure and you can no, take them to see someone as that long as, you, as long as you're not wrapping it so tightly that they're... Fingers, fingers drop off. Yeah, that's so, right. They lose circulation in their fingers. Yeah. But it's a firm bandage, it's, but it's not, um, you know, you don't want to be cutting off circulation completely, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So um, apart from moving to the United Kingdom, where they have apparently no creepy crawlies, according to my English friends, yes. um, do you have any overall advice for parents on how they can protect their kids from stings and bites? Uh, you have kids, I have kids. We all know that children do things uh, that we as adults wouldn't do. Uh, <laughs> yes. So you need to try and make your play area as child-friendly as possible. That's not always easy. We've got bushes in our backyard and things like that. Uh, if you've got a large open area of long grass, then uh, th- there's a bit of a, a, a an idea out there that snakes will come and strike people if they can. Snakes will do everything they can to not have to do that. So if an adult goes out ahead of time with a big stick and gradually kind of is very noisy and stomping in an area that a child's going to be playing, then that will probably, and you know nothing's guaranteed, but that will probably scare a snake away. Snakes generally strike out when they're suddenly afraid. So you know if a kid runs into a field and they've caught a snake off guard, then they'll strike, or if they've been cornered. So uh, I think... That The same would go for spiders to some extent, not quite so much because spiders can just get into little cracks and crevices. Um, you know, it's a very broad area. If we're talking about other insect bites and things like that, then, you know, just use your repellent. There are some very good repellents that are, that are good for, a, for keeping mosquitoes away and also, you know, wasps don't particularly like them and bees don't particularly like them. Uh, but, you know... I've been stung by a bee. I think most people have been stung by a bee at some point in their life. And uh, 
some things are unavoidable. Be as aware as you can and have some um, <laughs> have a bottle of vinegar if you're up the north side of Australia and yes. um, lots, and some repellent everywhere else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and a big stick and be and a very noisy partner to scare the snakes away. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Pleasure. The final thing that I was going to add there was because this is an area that has a lot of different advice. Um, there are some really great uh, resources on the internet that that have very clear instructions on what to do. Uh, I've put a link on my own website, marknethercoat.com, to the Health Direct site for bites and stings, or else Googling Health Direct bites and stings will take you immediately to look and see what to do for insect bites and snake bites and spider bites. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mark. No worries, Siobhan. That's Mark Nethercote. He's a paediatrician and author. He's based in Ballarat. And we'll pop those links up on our website, both to um, Mark's website and to the Poisons and Bites information website. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.